Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Welcome to Made for More, the show that explores the cultural battles and spiritual warfare of this modern world, as seen through the eyes of two brother Knights of Columbus. And now, here are your hosts, Brother Michael Clay and Brother Vince Vasquez. Welcome to Made for More. My name is Vince Vasquez, and I'm here with my co-host and my brother Knight, Brother Michael Collett. Good day to you, Brother Michael. Hey, happy July there to you, Brother Vince. It's great to be back in the studio again. Yes, happy July. July, a big month uh, for the Knights. Yeah, I should say Happy New Year. Yeah, It's the beginning of a new Colombian year. Yes, and with that new year... We uh, go through some changes, and uh, I guess I just want to start by, uh, on behalf of the Brother Knights and everybody that you've helped, I know you've uh, stepped out, not away, but you've completed your term as district deputy, which is a very difficult job, and you're now a former district deputy. So Yeah, I got to move back to what I call the cheap seats. Well, thank you, Brother Michael, for for your service. And you're continuing on. You're still a trustee for Council 9487, and you've stepped up to vice president of the Orange Chapter. Yes, getting getting ready to have some fun here. So you got... Got some big stuff ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it, to to it. Looking forward to it. You know, Brother Michael, and to the folks listening out there, you know, we're just two brother knights here, and we, we, we try to share our faith, and we share what the knights have to offer and what the knights can do for you, and we share how it kind of changes our life. And, and every month, the Knights of Columbus publish a... Uh, a couple of publications, but in one of the publications comes the Supreme Chaplain's uh, Monthly Challenge. And uh, the Supreme Chaplain is uh, Archbishop William Laurie. And his, uh, I just want to go through a little bit of his, or go through his challenge with us here today. Yeah, his, his challenges often are very uh, insightful and actually very challenging and a great way to uh, build up your faith if you, if you keep up with what he is asking us to do. Yes, yes. So let's say, but God said to him, you fool, this night your life will be demanded of you and the things you have prepared to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. Brother Michael, that's the gospel of uh, from Luke chapter 12. Yep, and it's the uh, gospel coming up for uh, July 31st, and uh, uh, very challenging. You know, I, I do think about that. Whether we like it or not, death is going to come to each of us. Um, we don't know when. We don't know how. Uh, but, you know, no one gets uh, out of this world alive. So so we are going to uh, pass on and, and uh, go to uh, meet our maker and a final judgment will be uh, placed upon us each and individually. Uh, 
And, you know, we're either going to the really hot place or the really wonderful place. Yep. We may know the dates of countless upcoming appointments on our calendars, but we don't know the date and the time of one of the most important events of our lives, death. Amen, amen. The end of our lives could come slowly or suddenly. And how can we plan for that? Jesus urges us to seek to be rich in what matters to God. Our earthly life is only temporary. May we keep our true focus on the next life, knowing that our real and lasting treasure can be found in heaven alone. And here's his uh, challenge this month. Our, uh, and this month, Archbishop Lori challenges us to demonstrate what you truly treasure by making at least a brief visit, even just a few moments, to the Blessed Sacrament every day. Second, I challenge you to participate in the Faith in Action Holy Hour. That is, is quite a challenge to get to the uh, church every day. And spend a few minutes in front of uh, our Lord in, in uh, adoration, uh, whether he's exposed in a monstrance or, or uh, ensconced within the uh, tabernacle. Just the idea of going to the church every day, that is, that is quite a challenge. Um, and and it's, a, it's a good challenge. You know, we like to walk around and, oh, I, I love the Lord. I love Jesus. Jesus is my friend. But, you know, I make it a point to see my wife every day, right? And to tell my wife every day that I love her uh, because I do. So am I willing to make that commitment, that kind of commitment uh, to the Lord? And the answer is I should be. But this is, this is quite a challenge and it's one that I'm, I'm going to uh, undertake and try to uh, endeavor. In our parish, the, the doors are open till 7 p.m. So it should be easy enough to swing by on my way home from work and and uh, just drop to my knees for a few minutes and thank the Lord for the day. I looked at it this way. Yeah, it's, that's a difficult challenge. But I, I'm going to look at it this way. I, I'm going to make visits. Now, I'm not going to say how many. I'm not going to say a lot. I'm not going to say as many as I can. But my goal is to make visits to the Eucharist that I wouldn't normally have done. And when I do that, I think Jesus will like that. And I think I know that will help me. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, and then too bad we don't live in Ladera Ranch because remember the church in Ladera Ranch, uh, Holy Trinity. Yep. If you drive along the street behind it, you can look and see into the tabernacle through the windows. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> you, you church. Can, you can drive up there and pay a visit with the sacrament. So you know, let's going back though to the uh, the, the final calendar item of of death. I was uh, reminded of conversation I had with a friend of mine a few years ago, uh, and I remember being shocked, um, but it was it was an important thing for me to hear. Uh, so um, this guy's wife wound up with a, uh, a disease that was going to wind up taking her life. I believe it was cancer. I, I might not remember the disease correctly. And uh, so it was a uh, it was a slow death. They had plenty of time to prepare. And eventually she passed, and I was talking to my friend, uh, you know, not long after she passed, and he had a, a complaint that I found rather shocking, and I think it just came out of his grief, and I, I think in the end he's, if I talked to him today, I think he would have a slightly different story, but he was angry at his wife dying. He was angry about it, and more on, more so, he said, you know, she left me all the work. She just laid back and passed, 
and I have all the work. And he was angry with his wife for, for, for passing away. And, you know, at the time, I remembered thinking, oh, wow, that's a shocking thing to, to say. It's a shocking thing to think. I mean, she's no longer walking the earth, and yet he thinks he's got the difficult difficult road and she had it easy. I'm, I'm not so sure. You know, but on the other hand, maybe he was, in fact, uh, in fact correct, because now uh, he's, she is, uh, you know, the final judgment's been made, and... Uh, uh, you know, may she rest in peace and, and may she be with our, our Lord, enjoying an eternity, gazing at the face of God. Uh, so maybe she did. She does have it easy because her earthly work, her earthly job is in fact done. But this is something that I do think about on occasion. What would happen to everything on earth if I were to be taken out today, if the Lord called me home today? And I think of all the plans that I have, all the projects I have in progress, um, you know, all that would, would stop. And, and I have some some misgivings about the fact that I have all these things that are undone um, and they would remain undone or somebody would have to do them for me. Uh, so I have these this misgiving, this worry about these things not being done, these things that would just, uh, you know, be not done. Uh, but on the other hand, um, I would, um, you know, hopefully um, be with the Lord. Not that I can earn my way into heaven. That's not the way it works. But uh, hopefully, uh, you know, when I when I finally do pass, the Lord will say, well done, good and faithful servant. But, uh, you know, we'll see how that comes out. Yeah, let me remind our listeners that you're listening to Made for More here on Spirit Filled Radio. And uh, my name is Vince Vasquez, and I'm here with Michael Klett. We're talking about our Supreme Chaplain William Laurie's challenge of the for the month of July here. His challenge is to pay a visit to the Blessed Sacrament every day. I want to tell you that I want I'm going to share something about the Blessed Sacrament and what what visiting it means or what can mean at least what it means to me on, on a certain event. So during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic. Our churches are shut down. We're not going to mass. We're not going anywhere. And um, our parish, uh, Santiago de Compostela in Lake Forest, uh, had a um, a drive up a Eucharistic exposition. Did you happen to go to one of those? One? No, I didn't make it to any of those. So during during this time, the world uh, obviously was in a bad place. We didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, we were fearful. Many of us, some of us were not, but a lot of concerns. Anyway, so there was finally something going to go on at church, and that was a drive-up exposition of the sacrament. So uh, throughout the parking lot, uh, we had some Knights of Columbus uh, guys, and we we parked everyone, so everyone was facing the driveway, so they were backed into the parking spots. And the priest, uh, along with um, the bells and the sacrament, walked through the parking lot. And just every now and then they would stop and, you know, and say a blessing and the bells would ring. And I tell you, it is what I needed spiritually at the time because I was scared. I mean, I tell you, I I had lost my job. I didn't know what was going to happen in the world to us, to me, to my family. And the power of that sacrament, the power of actually visiting with Jesus when we couldn't even go into the church was so moving to me, and it just it pops up in my mind frequently, that very special day back in uh, 2020. 
But, um, you know, the other thing I wanted to mention was when you join the Knights of Columbus, you hear our perpetual watchword of the order, which is Tempest Fugit Memento Mori, which uh, means time flies, remember death. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. You know, what, yep. what we do here now is what counts. Yeah. And actually, you know, I'd like to take a step back. You know, you and I have been been speaking in code. And hopefully we haven't lost uh, too many listeners over that. But we talk about the Blessed Sacrament. We talk about the Eucharist um, and so forth. Um, But we haven't really talked about what that is. And so a tenet of our faith is that during Mass, we have have unleavened bread. And and the unleavened bread comes from the uh, original Jewish Passover meal where they had unleavened bread as well because they didn't have time to wait for the bread to rise. That was the idea behind Passover and the unleavened bread. So we use unleavened bread, and we have this wafer, and um, during the Mass, we have a consecration. And during the consecration, the word, the priest says the words of consecration. He repeats the words of Jesus. And as a Catholic, we understand that at that point in time, um, while the bread and wine still look like bread and wine and nothing more, uh, with eyes of faith, we see that the bread and the wine have been transformed. They have a new nature. Um, They have become the body and blood of Christ. And so when we do Eucharistic adoration, when we bow and pray in front of that consecrated um, Eucharistic wafer, we're not bowing in front of a cookie. We are bowing in front of the body of Christ. So we, it's important to, to remember that. And in fact, um, the church in this coming year is going to be making a big deal about the Eucharist and what it is. We have a year of Eucharist coming up, and there's going to be Eucharistic processions, and there's going to be all sorts of stuff um, going on related to the Eucharist uh, with the goal, the intent of being a revival in understanding what that Eucharist is and what it means to us. And, and for me, it's it's the summit of our faith. There's nothing more important, more substantial than that consecrated Eucharist. That is the body of Christ. And so, you know, when we have a Eucharistic procession where we take a, a, a consecrated Eucharist and we put it in a monstrance and bring it out to the parking lot and march it around in the parking lot, we're not bowing to the the, the golden brilliance of the monstrance. We're not worshiping uh, some sort of false idol. We are worshiping the body of Christ. And, you know, for me, that that is is just, you know, that's the summit of our faith right there. So part of this uh, monthly challenge, there are some questions for reflection. So I'm going to ask you, Vince, um, what do you treasure most? What do I treasure most? I treasure most my family. Okay. That's, I, I treasure my family most. What this next question is, what is it that matters to God? You know, and I think that matters to God. It matters to God that I'm there caring for, to help care for, with his help, uh, my family, children, my wife. And that's what I think matters for, for God. That's the most important thing, and I think it also matters to God. What about you? 
You know, I, I asked you the question first, so I had a little more time to think about the <laughs> my answer. You know, I want to say family as well. I mean, family is very important, uh, but part of me is is um, thinking back to the to the gospels I've heard over the years, uh, the Bible reading that I've done, and I don't think that family should be my my most important thing. Um, I think our Lord should be most important. And whatever our Lord asks of me is what I should be be doing, what I should be giving giving to him. And, you know, the, the, the story of uh, Abram comes to mind, Abram and Isaac, right, where the Lord asks Abram, who became Abraham, to take Isaac up on the mountain and sacrifice his son. And Abraham said, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the end, he didn't sacrifice his son. And I ponder that story a lot. You know, if the Lord came to me and said, you know, Michael, I want you to sacrifice your son for me. Would I be able to do it? Would I be able to be as strong in my faith as Abraham? And uh, I don't know that I could. You know, I don't think I think I would. It would be a big struggle. Now, in the end, we know that. um, the Lord provided a goat and they had the uh, sacrifice and and uh, Isaac lived. But I struggle with that thought. Yeah. And I ponder sometimes, why did God ask Abraham to do that? And what I've come to consider as, as my answer, the best answer I can come up with for that is, so the Lord knows everything. The Lord knew that Abraham would do it. So if the Lord knows everything, which he does, and he knew Abraham would do it, and he was going to provide a goat for the sacrifice, why did he ask Abraham to do it? And God didn't need to see what happened. God knew what would happen. Yep. And so the only thing that comes to mind is God asked Abraham to do this so that Abraham would come to learn that he he would do that if he exactly. was asked. Exactly. And uh, so, so the, the Lord challenges us a lot so that we can learn more about ourselves and, and what we're doing. So, you know, I want to say that, the, that Jesus is the most important thing, the thing I treasure most, but I think I fall short in that. My sins are before me always, and I, and I realize how much of an unworthy servant I am. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't measure up to what I would claim I treasure most. Um, and what is it that matters to God? I think in the end, what matters to God is that we keep trying. It's not how many times we fall, it's how many times we get up again. And so every time I fall, I have to get back up again and and soldier on and try to be, you know, a knight for Christ, a, a warrior in Jesus's army, and let him use me how he wants to be used. But hey, before I go on, I want to remind our listeners that you're listening to Made for More on Spirit-Filled Radio, uh, and your guests today are Brother Vince Vasquez and myself, Brother Michael Klett. You know, Brother Michael, on, on when Abraham was tested, I, I asked myself that same question, would I be able to do that with to my children, or with one of my children not? I, I couldn't. I couldn't. So that's when I when I when I answer the question. I guess what matters to me most it's my family, yep. because I don't think I could do that. So with that said, I think what matters to God is that I strive to have Him matter most, or right. my, my path towards Him most. So, in Alcoholics. Uh, anonymous, we say half measures avail us nothing, but I think in this method, if I go to visit the sacrament, 
at least more than I would normally. That's something. And I think that's really good. And I think that's something that God would like. I think that's beneficial to me. And I think it helps, well, you know, my path. As uh, Supreme Cha- uh, Chaplain Archbishop William Lurie had said, make a visit, brief visit, at least even just a few moments every day. Uh, so I think Archbishop Lurie agrees with you that, you know, making the effort is is probably enough. And, you know, it. What come, the other thing that comes to mind is uh, quoting a quote from St. Augustine. And, and I've got to paraphrase it because I don't have it written in front of me. And somehow I suspect that St. Augustine didn't actually speak English. So I, I've only read translations of what he had to say. But uh, St. Augustine had said, love the Lord with your, your whole being, your whole soul, your whole mind, your whole heart, and then do whatever you want to do. And it sounds counterintuitive, but in the end, if you truly love the Lord with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole being— the only thing you're going to want to do is the Lord's will. So, yeah, do whatever you want, because the only thing you're going to want to do is the Lord's will. So um, I think that's a, a great um, example, a great idea of how we should be living our lives. And, you know, the Lord calls us in different ways and at different times, but the Holy Spirit, Spirit speaks very softly. It's, it's very hard to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. So we need to we need to listen to that, and I think part of the going before the blessed sacrament, going to to Eucharistic adoration, is to kneel or sit and calm yourself and open yourself up to what the Lord has to say. Um, I know when I've gone to Eucharistic adoration, it takes a few minutes of sitting there um, to get my mind focused. You know, I'll start into. Um, a prayer or a thought, and without even me realizing it, a few minutes later I realize I'm I'm working my way through my work calendar and my work projects, and I go, wait a second, I'm before the Blessed Sacrament, I'm before the Lord, uh, let me focus on Him. And so I come back and I get fervent about my prayer, I get fervent about paying attention to the fact that Jesus is right there in front of me. And uh, I'm trying to get dialed in and and, and silence my thoughts. And all of a sudden, I'm back at work, and I'm working on this, and I'm working on that in, in my mind. It's a, it's a challenge to give up my personal thoughts about all the things going on in my world and spend the time listening to Jesus. But that's, uh, that's the point of Eucharistic adoration, is we need to listen to Jesus. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to know that I'm not the only one that goes through that. <laughs> that yeah. yeah, your mind starts to wander right away. I, I, I find if I'm, if I'm reading prayers, at least try to keep me a little, little still in focus uh, more than if I'm just silently praying during uh, the exposition. You know, and I like to read during adoration because um, you're right. It, it helps me keep my mind focused, but unfortunately— while I'm reading, my mind is focused on what I'm reading and not necessarily the Lord that's right there mm-hmm. in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm reminded of something that uh, Mother Teresa, Blessed Mother Teresa had, uh, or she Saint Mother Teresa. Anyway, what Mother Teresa had uh, to say, her order spends an hour every day in adoration. It's part of who they are. It's part of what they do. And uh, Mother Teresa, when things got busy, when things got hectic, you would think it would, you know, our natural inclination is I don't have enough time today to get everything done. What can I cut out so that I can still get 
the maximum good done. And so I would think you would, you know, consider cutting out an hour of the hour of adoration so that you had an extra hour to do other stuff. Uh, but that was not Mother Teresa's approach. Her approach was when things got busy and she felt like, uh, you know, they needed more time in the day. Uh, she would say, OK, today we're doing two hours in adoration, spend more time in adoration. And somehow that that helped get through, help them get through other things. Uh, you know, so it's important to spend that time in prayer. And, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm uh, in adoration, I will actually prostrate on the floor in front of the uh, in front of the Eucharist, just as a symbol of, of Lord, I, I'm yours. Tell me, let me know what you want from me, and I will uh, do my best to give you that that you desire. But I, I, I regularly go back to, I think it's Matthew, and, and recognize that I am a useless servant. Well, if you're if you're looking to maybe pay a visit to the Blessed Sacrament in an exposition, reach out to your parish, uh, check out your bulletin, look for your holy hour. There's a, a number of parishes will have um, a 24-hour adoration, and that's usually at the first part of the month. I know at our parish there will be 24-hour adoration the first Friday of, uh, of every month, and I try to make sure I, I have a time slot there that I may, that I try to make every uh, month at least. And uh, so, yeah, so there's there's plenty of opportunities. Uh, the, the Holy Hour again at, at your parish. Uh, a lot of parishes offer the Holy Hour at least a few times a week. And so that those are good ways uh, to go visit with the Lord in the, in the Eucharist. But even if you can't get to your church when they're going to expose the sacrament, the Blessed Sacrament, Go to the church anyway. Uh, kneel in front of the tabernacle. The Lord is always present in the tabernacle, except for um, Good Friday, perhaps. But the Lord is always present, and He's in the tabernacle. So you can you can go to the church any time that it's open, and uh, you know kneel before the tabernacle. And if for whatever reason your church doors are locked during the day. Uh, you can kneel outside the church because you know the tabernacle is inside the church and inside the tabernacle is the body of our Lord. We've uh, kind of we've come to the end of our recording time here, uh, Brother Vince. So I'm going to say, uh, you know, thank our listeners for listening to us and know that you've been listening to Made for More on Spirit-Filled Radio with uh, brothers uh, Vincent Vasquez and Michael Clett. And uh, take us out, Brother Vince. Tell us how you can join the Knights of Columbus if you're interested in joining us. The world's greatest men's Catholic fraternity organization, the Knights of Columbus, and you can find information on it at kfc.org forward slash join us. And uh, check it out. Uh, the Knights do a lot. And number one, they do a lot for you. And uh, again, thank you for listening. We have been made for more. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Spirit-Filled Radio Network. Where the Bible comes to life. It's the feeling you get when you see a familiar face in a crowd of strangers. It's the way the embrace of a loved one feels after a hard day. That feeling is comfort, and it's what we provide to families who turn to O'Connor Mortuary in their moment of need. 
More than just providing quality funeral service, we provide the necessary guidance and support to help Catholic families and people of all faiths and cultures process grief and heal their hearts. We are here to help every step of the way. For compassionate comforts in a time of loss, call O'Connor Mortuary in Laguna Hills. You can reach us at 949-581-4300. That's 949-581-4300. O'Connor Mortuary is a sponsor partner of Spirit-Filled Radio. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.